1: Now, more Grish and Fourier on WEEI. And streaming on WEEI.com.
2: Oh, I kind of like this. You're two for two so far. No, 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 because of this. Oh, what? The Red Sox can't hit for crap. Yeah. They bring in Duval, another stiff. Yeah, he might hit 30, he might hit 10. Oh, we don't know, because this guy might break in half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take it, it to the, the bridge. Chorus. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was the bridge or the chorus? Good it was the chorus. Was it the bridge or the chorus? Oh, no. I don't remember.
3: I never get the words right.
2: Uh, Ever. I never get thank the you words right. Thank you very
3: much. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Tip your waiters and waitresses. Her, her. Try the to to the Coming to the stage, Mercedes.
2: Oh, no, you got to... <laughs> now, to the main stage, (laughs) here's Mercedes Rubin' Ear Engine, man. Yeah, there Uh, you go. That's why you got thrown out of Vegas. It's a two for one right now. Get your girls up, get your dance out, get your 20s up. Hey, two for one right now, starting now. That's pretty good. Because you picked up the pace on yeah. that a little bit. If you're yeah. going to be one of those that yeah. are in the... you got to keep it going. Uh, yeah, if you're going to be the DJ at a shoe show, you're yeah. not getting hired in Wiggy's dossiers <laughs> if you don't know how to do the fast talk. Yeah, you're going to get it going. Whenever you're the, uh, the DJ. Who knows? Maybe next October we'll bring back the ALCS. We'll see. <laughs> and dossiers will be the uh, the host. But as we roll into the lunchtime hour of Gresh and Fourier, first of all, welcome. Welcome to all of you. And hopefully you have uh, found us on the Odyssey app. Favorite W E E I on the Odyssey app. You can also watch us on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Boston W E E I. And off of our little funny there, the Red Sox signed outfielder Adam Duvall. It's a one-year deal, $7 million. Um, apparently he can make $3 million more in bonuses based on plate appearances. And look, Adam Duvall, for those who just need sort of an easy explanation, this is hunter renfro 2.0 and you're hoping a la hunter renfro that you brought in a guy who might be able to find it and drive it out of the ballpark last year wasn't a great year year before 38 bombs combined if you look at the other 30 home run seasons they were in 2016 and 2017 so quite honestly we're back to another heim bloom dice roll for you
3: yeah, and that's just, so. I mean, with the understanding that you you are no longer you know uh, waving around a lot of cash, hoping that somebody recognizes you. Like no more big ticket items. This is just going to be the way it is. And even when you were just introducing this topic again, I was just thinking if this was a if this was a more complete team, a more veteran team with that it was like almost there. You would sit there and say, "Wow, this is a great signing, mm-hmm. veteran guy." Has some history. You hope that he kind of, you know, overcomes how badly, how poorly he played last year. You look at his 2022 numbers. You hope that he's more like he was in 2021 with 36, 38 home runs, 113 RBI. You're hoping for that guy. Adding that guy to an already established I were one missing piece just need a lot of depth and a lot of personality. Like you don't, you don't poo-poo this. You don't sit there and say, you say okay, good. Keep adding good players, right? Quality players. Good. Def- even though this is a value pick, you sit there and go, wow, this is the starter. This, guy, this guy's going to start. He's going to play a lot of. He's going to play a lot, and you're going to need him to produce. And then you sit there and go, all right. So what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Like, what is the production? What are the wins above replacement? Which would be who? Right, if it's Jackie Bradley Jr., it's not Jackie Bradley Jr., right? Well, because that's the a thing minute. is that you're so who's center field last year.
2: You're trying to find someone obviously better than Jackie Bradley Jr. I always go to Baseball Reference for the similar batters comparison, okay. uh, and you're getting names like Miguel Sano, Pedro Alvarez, Jock Peterson. Hunter Renfro's number 6 on this list in terms of the similar batters. So yeah. to me that's the mindset of kind of where Heim Bloom is coming from. And if you look at Duval last year, uh let's see last year so 2022, it was uh 86 games in the outfield. Uh hang on here. I just want to make sure I get these uh numbers right in terms of games started and all that. So it was uh, 44 in center, 35 and left, 11 and right. And again, position versatility, that's always something that I think Heim Bloom is interested in. Um, but again, I, and for you, you know this, it's half full or half empty, right? How do you look at the glass? And I think for the Red Sox fan, the ones to be optimistic, and like the signing, you can definitely go glass half full because there are some numbers there, and there is that position versatility that you think might work, and maybe he translates well to Fenway Park. I just don't know if he's going to be able to give this team anything more than, say, 20 home runs and somewhere between 55 and 65 RBI, depending on the offense around him, and that's also a big piece of this as well.
3: Yeah, do you have his center field defensive numbers as far as where he rates? Because one of the biggest issues, at least for the past couple of years, and I think that was one of the reasons why Jackie Bradley Jr. was brought in less for his bat, but more of his, you know, for his defensive ability. You know, the amount of runs that he saved and just how well he was as an outfielder. I feel like that was part of the situation. Because I don't think I don't think anyone cares really cares about like the nine hole hitter. Like the nine hole hitter is a nine hole hitter for a reason. So if you're gonna have a guy like that's why I felt like that's what Jackie Bradley Jr. was. He well, was that great defensive player that you're gonna hide
2: in the, in the ninth hole. And see, this guy is better than that offensively. Oh well, yeah. Well, yeah. not well, defensively though. No, no, no. I think you. I think you give up some on defense, but you have a guy with, in theory, a better bat. Now, look when you look at the the whole when you look at the whole group up and down, right. Um, if you were trying to figure out who would be the middle of your, of your, Devers is clearly either your three or four hitter, depending on how you want to work it. Uh, I would think that Justin Turner is going to get some run early, especially maybe to be able to play some DH. You're going to put Casas in there as well. Um, Verdugo can kind of go up or down the lineup. Uh, the word is Yoshida might be the leadoff guy. So when Duvall plays, I don't think think you're putting him towards the top of the lineup, but I'm guessing six or seven is my best guess. Now again, I don't know. Maybe they do jam him down the bottom of the 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 lineup, but you know, you got to account for your catcher. Kike's got to be in there somewhere. If Arroyo's hitting well, I don't see I he is here's what it is. Everybody is gonna make the Jackie Bradley comp because of last year. And I think that is understandable. But I think the Red Sox view him more like Hunter Renfro, and that's the that's kind of the the scary part of uh, where we're at at this point. Now let's get to the Bruins because the Bruins there's now. Whispers are starting. Wait, wait, what do you he say? I don't wait, wait, hold on. Wait, say hey, a wait a minute. Speak I know, slower. I know Rich Keefe. I'm going to give him this Rich info. Rich Keefe's like, hockey insider? Oh I, I know Darren Drager, and I'm going to give him a little <laughs> info as well. No, but everybody gets a slice. We we're having a little fun at this because now, doesn't it feel like over the last week, the news on David Pasternak has popped up? Now we're getting more of the, oh, wait a minute. Uh, they're, they're getting close. Progress. And, and I know on <laughs> I know on Saturday Elliot Friedman mentioned they were getting closer last night Keith on the Rich Keith show had mentioned that hey I'm hearing there's a snag well that leads us to Darren Dreger of TSN so Darren Dreger last night up in America's hat said this on TSN are the Bruins getting any closer to locking him
0: up on a new deal Darren
1: Yes, they are closer than they were even a couple of weeks ago. I know that progress was made last week in the discussions between Don Sweeney of the Boston Bruins and Pasternak's agent J.P. Barry, but they still have work to do. They are going to continue to grind at the details. So obviously, that always comes down to the annual average salary, aka money. The term seems less contentious if it's at all contentious on eight-year maximum. So what do you make of all this?
2: Supposedly, there might have been a deal done, and then the Pasternak camp, according to Keefe, was like, eh, ah, maybe yeah. 8 for 88 isn't enough. Where do you land on all of this? And is it curious to you that now we're starting to hear info coming out?
3: Well, I mean, listen, we can go back to the beginning of the season where they were talking about this and what we thought that the number was going to be before the season even started. the The comp that I saw... Just going back and looking at past reports and looking at my notes from like, you know, beginning of the season, it was a twelve it was like a eight year, twelve years. Twelve year twelve million average annual was the number that I thought he could max out at. Mm -hmm. And that was before the season started. Now he's absolutely twelve per. Absolutely. You're gonna sit there and let this guy go all the way to the Stanley Cup. You're going to let him hit, you know, score 66 goals, 121 points. You're going to let him have a career year, be one of the best players in the
2: National Hockey League, and his value, it's only going to be confirmed. So would it have gone the other way if he only had a 25-goal season? Oh, I don't. That's no, part I don't think of this. It was, it's like because that's the part that always gets me. It's not we're going to evaluate the player for the term and sort of project the future. A lot of people look at it and be like, "Well, if he scores sixty goals, he's going to get the most money." Well, what if he only got twenty five? That's why I don't think either side thinks that way.
3: See, I I do think human nature forces you to look at a player differently, like Aaron Judge, when you hit so many damn home runs. He'll oh. never hit that many home runs again in his life in a season. The odds are that he won't ever do it again. It was a moment in time. It was an unbelievable achievement, but he probably won't ever do that again. But he did he, in the
2: end, get overpaid? Because I kind of yes, don't think so. Well, I mean, I guess in the baseball in, in world. In terms of length, maybe. Yeah, I mean, but but it, But at the price point, see, that's the thing. I'm not necessarily sure if it's not like in baseball, where in baseball the guy has the one great year heading into free agency and he ends up getting paid. I feel like hockey is at least a little more balanced You think they're more fiscally responsible with like they, their emotions? No, it's not so much that. You already knew going into the year, David Pasternak was a great player. Really, what it great, came... Absolutely. Right. That's your foundation. So, fine. I don't need the 50 goals, 60 goals, whatever it is this year to be able to know that. The question was really, to me, sort of where is this going to land? Is David Pasternak going to say... I've seen other people who have been here. There's a reason this place is special. I can do eight years at nine and a half million and feel good about myself. I'm the highest paid guy on the team. I got more than Charlie McAvoy and even if it landed at 10, to me the question wasn't was he gonna get a lot of money it's was it gonna be 10 or 11 per year or dare we dare say 12 million per year? It wasn't that they they know the guy's great. They don't, have, they don't need any more evidence on that. It's just, all right, Pasta, what's your mindset? Do you need absolute top dollar, or do you, like, oh, by the way, uh, Taylor Hall, Brad Marchand, David Krejci, all the guys around you, they sacrificed a little bit. See, Are you willing to sacrifice see, to a me, little bit?
3: to me, that's the brainwashing that I hate. This guilt trip that ownership places on players – like you're in college like you're in high school your team needs you well I'm not getting paid I mean this is my career this is what I do for a living this is this is the the greatest opportunity for you to make the most money in your entire life you're never going to have this opportunity this is a moment in time it's never you're a foundational player you're never going to leave your numbers probably going to be hanging from the rafters you milk it for as much as you can so if you say hey what's the big deal it's only a million dollars a year it's really $8 million if you drag it out for the length of the contract. And I do think that even though somebody thinks a player is good before the season, they do have a cap value of what they think is is that they're worth at that point in time before the season. He's yeah. a great player. No one's going to debate that. He's one of the best players in the in, in, in hockey. But sure enough, I feel like you overreach expectations. You crash through that ceiling, and you, and you determine a new ceiling. And then the floor gets brought up also. So I do think you can – you know add an extra million dollars so based on what keith said last night i'm just going to paraphrase here is that the the bruins went to him and said hey listen uh you know we're going to give you like what is it eight and nine uh eight million eight years nine million dollars per year they said you know well, how about eight million eleven million dollars per year there the
2: bruins say yes and then the and then the posernak camp says oh no 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 wait let me go back Ask Jack Eichel if it was worth taking eighty million dollars from the Sabres to be miserable. We already have the answer. He couldn't wait to get the F out of there. Listen, I know so that there the, I is know going that for the most amount of money, but the but you can't ignore the fact that there is a culture here that is a little different. That culture you know, is gonna change though have, soon. Maybe. What do you mean maybe? Everybody's getting old. They're all leaving. Well, maybe, but then again, that's where you try to have the new crop of guys. You have Hampus. You have uh, McAvoy, you have Coyle, you'll have Pasta long-term, you have Hall that's going to be here. What you hope is that you've now bridged the gap. You've gone from Chara to McAvoy. Are you going to go from, say, Bergeron to Coyle? Not that Coyle's going to be the player that he is, but can he provide the leadership? Things like that. You've already got a new coach in uh, in in Jim Montgomery where it feels like he understands the culture here as well. Now, again... We're probably talking about the difference between an eight-year, $85 million deal, and maybe an eight-year, 90 or 91 or $92 yeah, million dollar deal. So. so does he look at it and say, is that enough for me to stay here, or do I want to go to a team that I don't know who's going to be the highest bidder, leave it up to chance, hopefully somebody gives me the money and I can go to a place and win, or... Does he just want to go to sleep at night, hug all his money, and win 30 games on a team that sucks?
3: I think if you let this guy get to the open market, you're screwed. That's what I think. And if it's a matter of $6 million and the team comes to you and says, you're going to walk away uh, from this deal for over $6 million, I would say, are you going to walk away from this deal over $6 million? That's what I would say. It works both ways. And you probably end up meeting in the middle. You know, then everybody's happy. Everybody gives up a little bit. Everybody feels like they compromise a little bit, and both sides are happy. Because
2: I think the Bruins are definitely sort of trying to gear this towards the, yep, we know one crop's going out, but do we have another young group of guys that we think that can come in and kind of, you know, play the Bruins way or however you want to look at it and sort of. And I'm not ruling out another year of kind of the setup that we have now. I'm not ruling out that Patrice Bergeron's hanging it up after this year or the Krejci's doing back. the same thing. Run it back! I don't know about the whole run it back, but maybe some version of it. Let's okay. put it that way. Okay. But it is interesting now that we're starting to hear the rumblings about the uh, contract of David Poshnock. And it is interesting that you mention Aaron Judge because there is that element of, will he sort of have a great year rotting off into free agency Andy Hart will join us
0: next We really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month New iPhone 15s it's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch
1: Back four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLV.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, back to the guys. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. In the night, I hear them talking.
2: I quickly want to mention this before we uh, go to our buddy Andy Hart. Uh, Former Celtic player and coach Chris Ford has uh, passed away. Uh, In fact, how about this? Glenn Olway on the Twitter. Still on the machine. Really? Uh, Glenn tweeted, uh, at Glenn D. Ordway, so sad to hear of the passing of former Celtics player and coach Chris Ford, just a wonderful guy, so grateful to have memories of incredible times we shared, especially when he worked with me on the Celtics radio broadcast, RIP, my friend. So, uh, thoughts with the uh, the Celtics and uh, Chris Ford and his family, and my goodness, that guy, you talk about... Uh, spanning generations of the Celtics organization in many different ways, uh, that was uh, Chris Ford. So that news just breaking. Let's get to our buddy Andy Hart at weei.com Of course, you can see him on Twitch as well. There he is. Andy Hart is brought to us by Zooty. Build any <laughs> app your company needs in a week. And for those of you that can see inside the Andy Hart lair, now coming from the upstairs office mm-hmm. it looks like yeah. look I, at you i guess. will <laughs> i will well you got that big printer in the background is that a fax
3: machine no I see?
2: it looks like a uh, a multi it's like a printer fax yeah. machine all that and i also yep. see some stolen reams of paper from
0: weei uh, there in the background as well you're the one nope. Nope, You're the I'm one. Wouldn't even know where to find those, so don't blame me. Right around the corner, in the back, on the <laughs> oh, floor. Oh, it's the old, oh, I don't know where theirs would I'll be you, defense. I'll tell you where it is, Andy. I'll know exactly where it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
2: so, Hart, we hear that in uh, in the last couple of hours, we find out that not only Keenan McCardell is going to get a interview for the uh, offensive coordinator job, Nick Cayley as well. What do you make of each of those nuggets of
0: news? Well, the second one first. That's <laughs> I
2: knew you were going there. Well,
0: it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> you wasted a year, and now the obvious guy who was sitting in every effing meeting all year long, even late in the year, when Bill said, oh, it's too late to make dramatic changes... That guy's going to get an interview? Like, I would turn it down if I were Nick Cayley. I'd be so pissed off, and I would have Mac with me. You wasted a year of my life, his life, the organizational life, and now we're going to pretend that I'm a good candidate for a job that you didn't think I was qualified for a year ago, so much so that you hired people that had zero qualifications. I would be so angry right now if I were Nick Cayley. I-, I wouldn't even be able to control myself. So that's the Nick Cayley part. What about yeah. the Keenan McCardle part? Uh, that's interesting. Now, I don't know if we how we look at this. First of all, we all know this, and I hope I'm not stepping in any racial issues here, but there's a Rooney rule, Mm -hmm. and Brian Flores made it quite clear not all the interviews, in his opinion, in the Rooney rule are legitimate interviews. So there's that aspect to it, because I wondered if Troy Brown would get an interview to fulfill the needs of the Rooney rule or how they were going to tiptoe through that as they tiptoed through the other issues here. Uh, But also, I think a lot of people are sick and tired of the fobs and then I think a lot of people are surprised. Wait, he played for Bill. Does that mm-hmm. make him a fob? Should I be excited about this? Is this a is this a new candidate? Is this an interesting candidate, or is this just another sort of outside the circle but still close to Belichick because he played for him? Now the Kevin O'Connell thing. I mean, that's good. Like that's one of the young offensive minds. So if you attach that to Keenan McCardell, I think that you know makes him more maybe an appealing candidate to Patriots fans. I just like. Whatever you think of the individual interviews and Billy O'Brien, or you know, there was rumblings yesterday of Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach at Georgia. Isn't this? Haven't we already accomplished more this offseason than we did the entirety of last offseason just by these people being in the mix? Just, being the, just the press release floated. alone, I think yes. accomplished more. Let's <laughs> yes. start
3: with that. Let's identify a problem and tell you that we're going to fix it.
0: So I already feel better. Then you mix in the fact that apparently the Patriots are getting Lamar Jackson and D-Hop and all these other players based on the Vegas odds. And hell, we are off to a tremendous start this Mm. January. I'm enjoying it. Are there other names
2: that you expect to hear throughout this process? Like, will Adam Gase get a turn? does Nathaniel Hackett get an interview by the way old Ooh. buddy Hackett is interviewing for the Jets OC job today what a perfect place for him to go with Robert Sala
0: go there get fired again collect more money great for him yeah I mean there's a <laughs> lot of interesting layers to that uh first of all if you go to the jets who who's your quarterback what you know because I think they've moved on Tom from Brady. Wilson? Oh, now we're doing that. We're doing the Tom Brady stuff. I just so he, threw
2: that out there. Yeah,
0: but that's going to be the answer for right. New Orleans, New York, uh, Las Vegas, San Francisco, Carolina, Fine. Miami. Lamar
2: Jackson.
0: <laughs> um, I don't know if that would. The Lamar Jackson one is weird, too. I know I'm all over the place here. I don't know what's wrong. It's okay. <laughs> drugged up or something. Um <laughs> Lamar, don't you have to pair Lamar with like the a specific guy, a specific offense, somebody who's willing to go all in on Lamar. I know Greg Roman's been that guy for years. He was with mm. that he was that guy for Kaepernick, and then he was that guy for Lamar. So that's why I even found it funny. Just let's just embrace the dream or the fun play radio of Lamar in New England. Can you hire Billy O'Brien? And then is Billy O'Brien the right guy for Lamar? Or do you almost have to get Lamar first, whoever whatever team you are, and then figure out how you're going to marry your scheme up to what he brings to the table. See, see to me that whole scenario
3: is 100% playing radio. I don't really think it's realistic because I think that the 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 simplest most obvious answer is Bill O'Brien. Like that's yes. it. And that and yes. that is and I don't know how you feel about it. Do you, I just don't feel like ownership is willing to wait and gamble with maybe this young guy could figure it out. Maybe this guy who has never really proven himself at any point in time is the answer.
0: Oh, yeah. Billy O'Brien has been the right answer for a year plus. Now, the problem is, you know, the rumble. Oh, Monty Austin Ford. He knows Bill O'Brien. Could he bring Bill O'Brien to coach Kyler Murray? Could he get another shot as an NFL head coach in Arizona? And, and working with Kyler Murray, fixing him. And, and Now, I think the the greatest advantage the Patriots have is location. You know, in real estate, it's about location, location, location. Mm -hmm. Everything I've heard, Billy O'Brien kind of wants to be here. And by here, I mean Massachusetts, not the Patriots as much as Massachusetts. And then the next step is, well, that's a good job, you know, Mac Jones. And who knows? I know we've uh, accepted the idea that maybe Gerard Mayo is returning in some sort of um, next in line fashion here. But Billy O'Brien could certainly be a secondary next in line option if he returns here. So I think that's a benefit to you. But um, what do they always say about men? They're, they're as face, faithful as their options, or something to that effect. Like, for you, know, Euphoria, you would know this better than Well, that's I, a so Chris secure.
3: Rock saying. It's uh, yeah. men are only as faithful as, a, yeah, just options. Yes, you got it right, though. So, you, you so B-
0: Billy O'Brien is the perfect candidate unless he likes another job more that offers more money, more advancement, head coaching, whatever it may be. So I, I wouldn't screw around. I agree with you, and I wouldn't screw around. Tampa's now become open. I know there were those stories that Tampa almost hired him last year to be Tom Brady's offensive coordinator. So I, I'm, I'm in love with Billy O'Brien. I think he's the perfect candidate because of not just the obvious, but we forget he'd be melding Alabama and New England, which is exactly what Mac Jones has been trying to do, right? Like they're yep. the perfect, let's meld together, Billy O. Let's meld this all together. Uh, it's
2: interesting that you bring up Tom Brady. Oh, okay. Does Tom Brady tie into Bill O'Brien's decision? Maybe they partner up, maybe they pair up, whatever it is. I wonder if they're look if you go to uh if if Brady goes to Vegas, it's a non-starter. But if Billy O and Brady can be like, hey man, we might be able to package this up a little bit, not for Bill O'Brien to become the head coach, but as you mentioned, the O.C., is that something New England has to be wary of? That Bill O'Brien might say, eh, you know what? I might
0: pair up with number 12 once again. Only in Tampa. I think that's only a consideration or an issue really in Tampa. Um, you still it, have- is it
2: more dangerous because Jason Light is still the general manager down there and was around with all these guys?
0: Well, I think it's more dangerous because it might tug at Tom Brady's remaining heartstrings and the ability to stay in Tampa, stay near the kids. You still have Evans and Godwin, regardless of how frustrating Godwin was. I mean, uh, Evans was for him dropping balls much of the year. You still have a lot of allure there. And if you say, you know what, we're going to bring in Billy O and you guys can work on this and kind of run the show together. Other than that, no. I still think the dream for Tom Brady is is San Francisco. And Christian, you may be able to poo-poo on this. Maybe I'm just playing radio, but if there's one if there's one thing in Tom Brady's massive world of accomplishments and dreams that he hasn't accomplished he hasn't played for his boyhood idol team next to his mm-hmm. parents with the family in the crowd like i think there still could be an allure there and then you know this idea that we saw those pictures last year of his son in camp at Tampa being a ball boy and him like putting it on instagram and like just being the proud papa can you imagine how much that takes it to the next level if if those pictures are in 49ers garb just like he wore 49ers garb when he was that age years i just yep. if there's a sentimental favorite it has to be the niners not to mention they're freaking stacked and loaded and and have talent on both sides of the ball it'd be the phil jackson next step for him
3: yeah and that'll that'll also determine andy i think will be determined based on how they finish right right if they can get by with purdy i would say no hey we want it with brock purdy we're just going to keep mentoring this kid we we don't need the extra. We would love it, but wrong time, wrong place. What right. about the wide receiver position? You know, there's a couple areas on the offense, and I keep focusing on the offense. Because I feel like that's the biggest issue. We went through a couple areas of need, and the, and the two things that we came up with, were with a tackle in any shape, way, shape, or form, and wide receiver. For the Patriots. Yeah, for about, the right? Patriots, the absolutely. Niners, they yeah. are good no, they have uh, their tackle, you too, is pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah they're, they're Trent Williams pretty good. Can we
0: think we could trade for him? How much do you think that would cost? They're the anti-Patriots. They have great coaching, great <laughs> playmakers. they got the whole damn thing, kit and caboodle. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I think you know my famous uh, Andy Hart three-step plan to the offseason was offense coordinator, find a tackle, find a number 1 receiver, and I've promoted the idea. The guy that I would try to swing for and sneak in on would be T. Higgins, because I think you could beat the market to T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins, and we saw T. Higgins beat the Patriots, dominate the Patriots, what he can be. I think he's one year away from hitting the open market. He's one year away from, well, we can't really pay you because we got Joe Burrow and we got uh, Jamar Chase. Those are our guys we're going to be building around. I I would try to pursue a trade for T. Higgins as part of a maniacal offseason plan, because I think if you get T. Higgins, A lot of the other stuff falls into place. Maybe you re-sign your guy, Jacoby Myers, to be that complimentary playmaker, the get open, catch the ball kind of guy. Um, But, yeah, I think they absolutely need to find a playmaking receiver. I started calling them the anti-49ers when you, you look at that Debo play and how easy that was for Purdy. He's got Debo Samuel open by what, a a radius of 15 yards, Mm -hmm. and he catches the ball and he goes 70 down the sideline. You know what that looks like in the stat sheet? looks like Purdy made a great play, and he's having a great day statistically. He did nothing. And I think Mac Jones would benefit from doing nothing a little more often.
2: Yeah, you could understand why the Niners would have flirted with a guy like Mac, or there was the debate Sure, because he would have fit exactly sort of what Brock Purdy's doing. Interesting you bring up the Larjos. Uh, Fourier and I had a conversation on that. You need one desperately. I know a lot of the natives aren't going to like it, but isn't that the 14th pick in the draft? Get yourself a plug-and-play guy right away. Bingo, bango. I'm going to get 17 games out of a young stud that's going to be here for five years, and I don't have to pay him 18 million a year.
0: Absolutely, my concern would be you've tried that before and it didn't work great. I know you'd be going higher and a more marquee player, but we still have uh, the uh, failures of Isaiah Wynn are fresh in our mind thanks to last year, and even the Cole Strange. How good is he? Like, you know, it used to be if you drafted bigs for Bill, you were great whether it was Richard Seymour, Logan Mankins, Vince Wilfork, you draft and Joe Tooney, they were plug-and-play great. Now, maybe that was some Dante Scarnecchia, which is probably a big part of it over the years, and it's a little different makeup now. You haven't exactly nailed the offensive linemen higher in the draft of late, but certainly the theory, the Rashawn Slaters or the Darasov or Minnesota, like these guys that you get in there and all of a sudden within a year, they're one of the best tackles in football, and they change the way – You know, all these criticisms of Max pocket presence, and he doesn't move well, and he freaks out under pressure. Well, the best way to stop him from freaking out under pressure, if you believe he freaks out under pressure, is to stop the pressure. And the best way to do that, those tackles, they're hard to buy. Because when you buy them, you almost always
1: grossly
0: overpay. Grossly overpay. So, yes, the smart, and you're seeing it in a lot of mocks. There's the the kid from Ohio State has become a popular Mm -hmm. mock. The Northwestern kid as well. The Northwestern kid. Yep. And it's not sexy, but if you add that as part of the plan, and even with the receivers, you know, I know Devontae Parker's trying to talk us into he's a mm-hmm. WR1. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but hit the the receivers are better than the tackles. Can we agree on that? Like, the you're closer oh, to having yeah. good enough receivers. Dog duty. Yeah, and and some people think you need two tackles. I think you need to find a way to salvage Trent Brown, and that might be draft a left tackle. Put Trent Brown back at right and just let him settle in there for the paycheck that was originally allocated for right tackle. Because if you go into the offseason saying you need two tackles, that almost feels impossible to do in the national football league. Like to upgrade both tackle spots in one offseason feels like a, a bridge too. Didn't far. Tampa do it? Uh they did. But uh, sign I, I don't one, know.
2: drafted one. Yeah, but,
0: but to your overall point, it's hard because the and tackle they didn't market. need the receivers. Right, like you Ball, still like, there you go to allocate to call. two tackles and still be able to upgrade it. Re- upgrade at receiver, maybe upgrade at cornerback, maybe upgrade at linebacker. You know, I don't know that you can go all in with the uh, tackle market. So if you can get Trent Brown to play good enough, you probably have depth. We can get real deep on the depth chart if you want to talk about Stuba, the late-round pick, who mm-hmm. could be a swing backup. Um, people just clicked off and turned to a different uh, music station when I brought up So
3: Stuba. real quick before we let you go, so out of the AFC games, right, let's just focus on Jacksonville, Kansas City, and then Buffalo and Cincy. Yeah. Uh, who
0: do you got in those games? Uh, I like Cincinnati, and I mean that in the literal sense. I really like watching Cincinnati play, and I'm going to take them because – I don't know if it was just the division game thing, but Buffalo's defense did not look good. Buffalo's back end. On those nine minutes that they played before Hamlin went down, they looked like they were on their heels. No, no, no. I mean this week. I mean I mean recently against the Dolphins. Against a third string QB. Against a third string QB. Again, it was a division game, and I know those are weird and the knowledge and the all of that. And and then the flip side of that is for me Buffalo lost their way offensively. They just turned into like chuck it deep. And I don't think it it looked more like old Josh Allen, early career. Oh, when in doubt, I'm going to see how strong my arm is. Now, it's better now because you have Stephon Diggs. um, But I don't think their offense or defense is playing as well as they have. They are not peaking at the right time. So give me Cincinnati and then give me Kansas City because I think Kansas City was just hanging around watching all that competitive football this weekend. Like, yeah, we earned this spot. I still have Mahomes. I still have Andy Reid. We're still the team to beat. We'll see you in Arizona.
2: Good stuff from our friend Andy Hart. And by the way, Hart, I'm going to warm the cockles of your Excuse heart Excuse me. Four you stay one, away from my cockles. The four one three Andy Hart sucks. Yes. Get him off the radio. He's awful. You're,
0: Consistency is key in life, and he is he or she is the most consistent person on the planet. I love it. Look P- at the
2: jo- look at the joy I just brought you. It's when great. someone you knew heard that that person
0: thinks you suck.
2: Hate is gonna hate. That's I right. Love the
0: hate. I I feel like I fuel off that. I eat the hate. I I grow stronger from the hate.
2: It's a
3: joke, fan, but I'll let it go. Oh, don't look into it that much.
0: Yeah, no. I'm superficial. <laughs> wow. I'm very superficial. I'm very simple. I'm a simple man. Hey, that's listen. Why Fourier and I get along so well. We're you moved.
2: You moved upstairs. You moved out of the den. I missed that Bo Jackson jersey in the background. Maybe I'll bounce around. Maybe
0: it'll be like where in his house is Andy Hart this week? <laughs> Ooh, that's you, Bobby I, I would like one from, uh,
2: from the
3: kitchen. I wanted. I wanted while you're eating like a big sandwich. Oh no, yeah. all he eats <laughs> are peanut butter and jelly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, you know what I've mixed in lately? I've mixed in more jam. I forgot how damn good jam is strawberry jam what are you making that face for i can see your face wait what you
3: mean, he said
2: peanut butter and jelly of course you have jelly
0: no well, peanut butter and jelly jam is and disgusting. Jelly are not It's are massively
3: overrated see, I and think jam
2: and jelly are really, different what is
3: the big difference between what is
2: what is the big difference between jam and jelly it's the way they're processed i do yeah. believe jam is, is like, it like a, a one with
0: seeds one yeah. without or something like jam that. jam is a preserve yeah. jelly is just like it's similar to to your cranberry sauce, like the jellied Man. version, is just like smooth, and you could suck it through a straw. Jelly, you could suck through a straw. So what if you, you
3: what if you mix the two? Do you get like a hybrid? Or is is, is you would get a hybrid? I guess. But hybrid. I guess. I don't know. I a, feel like jam is, a, a jam is a hybrid of jelly.
0: No, mm. jam is its own thing. I think jam came first. Look it up. I'm sure the really? media has There's it. An oh, thanks. Where's the music for thanks. Andy? Way to leave where's me with that. Music Andy? Now, now I got eight That's minutes. The great Space Coaster. of the great
2: space coaster here. This guy flying all over the place between jelly and jam. Hart, thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. See you, guys. Great stuff from our buddy Andy Hart. And, uh, oh, the five-minute football nerd. We're going to tap into the mind of Christian Uh-oh. Foyer next.
1: WEEI. WEEI. New England Sports Original. No matter where you work from these days, take Gresh and Fourier with you on the Odyssey app. Favorite WEI. It's time for the five minute football nerd.
3: He's two gapping, and you're getting the beneficiary of getting the uh, tackle.
2: And then in 3 4, they're moving him outside. So Silent count on third down on your pass protection. You got a wide nine coming at you. Banana left, right, EX, whatever. EX, the, the Z, vertical routes. Here's your cover three. Here's your cover two.
3: Hey, you want to get all crazy? We can go two man. We can go two with a spy. Hey, you want to do a rush in? You want
2: to go sub front? You want to go nickel?
3: On
1: uh, where else? Aggression Fourier.
2: All right, so this is where, well, quite honestly, I get to ask nerdy football questions of our longtime NFL tight end, Christian Fourier. That's a sneaky way of saying old. Number one, <laughs> all right, there was a TikTok video yeah. of an offensive lineman from the Arizona Cardinals, and his girlfriend was lamenting, that her boyfriend had to pay over $1,300 to be able to get his hands on a couple of jerseys and a Cardinals helmet at the end of the year for, you know, people who like to put that stuff in their house, that right to collect it or whatever. They make you pay for that crap? $1,300 for a couple of jerseys and a helmet? Help me out here. See, I think technically they're probably supposed to charge you because they pay for it, and I don't think they want to give it away.
3: However... I don't ever remember ever, ever paying for my old jerseys uh, or my helmet. I took everything. Like, literally I just took everything, um, and because and, every year they ended up like, giving me a new helmet. So that is that must be a new thing, or this guy doesn't have a decent relationship with the equipment manager. That's oh, really the we're, key. We're back to the equipment manager. It's the equipment You yeah. really got to be, you got to have a good relationship with the equipment manager. I agree. Always tip them out at the end of the season. Don't be a
2: jerk when it comes to demanding this and that. Like it's so needy guys. Time out. Walk me through tipping etiquette for the equipment manager. Well, to me it's simple,
3: right? So it would, I would just, instead of involving the entire offense, I would just take my position group and be like, listen, let's hook up. We got four guys that are constantly cleaning our locker constantly grabbing our stuff like mean, just doing all the stuff that we we don't want to do. Like they handle everything. It's like a valet. They just do, you need shoes they get you shoes. You have an issue they just they're always just servicing you. They're always taking care of you. Uh yeah, you want to hook them up. And it it would depend to be honest with you how much you would give them. Um but it should be at least nothing less. Nothing less than 500 per person. And that's on the low end for like a rookie that has no money, but the older guys who Probably just, you know, no better. Each guy starts with a grand.
2: Okay. So we're that's talking what I about would do. around like a hundred bucks a game, let's say. Yeah, fine. It, if, you, if you did it on your own, it would not be uncommon in the 16 game era for you to give the equipment guy 1600 bucks or something like yeah, that. No, okay.
3: I feel like that would be, and even then it would be that guy. Cause I'm telling you, you want your stuff for free. If you want your stuff for free, you don't want this, they, they don't, they, nobody cares. Like, hey, they got a crack in the helmet. I was going to throw it away. The jersey's all ripped. I'm, just take it. They just oh, give it to you. That's like, a good point. Easily. The, the like, cracked a, helmet. Yeah, it's like a, it's, you can't reuse it. it it's, it's uh, yeah, you can't use it anymore. It's not going to pass. It's like whatever it is that they do. I mean, you can grab socks. You can grab everything. Like, if you are good, like, your a couple people that, couple areas that you just want to make sure you always, always, you should be nice to everybody no matter what. Well, but the guys that well, the guys that work the hardest, they get paid the least. Equipment guys are always there first, and they and they always leave last.
2: The late Donnie Brosher, <laughs> absolutely. That guy okay? never absolutely. got re- until Bill got there, from what I understand. And then it was you're getting paid this. Yeah. Wait a minute, and then they took care it of it. So important. Here's the other thing too: Do equipment managers get shares if you're a playoff team? Because I know that when you start to get That's into good question the too. like, well, how? I'm gonna say yes. How was it in your day?
3: I want to say yes. I want to say, like, even the tra- – I feel like everybody got a playoff check. Okay. Uh, equipment guys, uh, trainers, uh, strength and conditioning. I, all those guys got a raise. Everybody got. Everybody benefited from the, the playoff money that like came in. Like game day operations and within every- the team. Everybody, got everybody. It. But specifically, like, the trainers who have and also, like, those guys have no life. Oh, equipment no. managers. And also, I would add the guys that cook for you in the morning. Like, this, like, not calling it manual labor, but, like, they're there every day. You know, a lot of guys are jerks to them. They're not polite. You know, and then you you can't walk in. There got to a point where I walked in, like, my breakfast was there. He knew exactly how I wanted my eggs, what I wanted in it, and it was always like, well, I appreciate you, like, paying attention. I thought there was a lot of value in that, so I wanted to show my appreciation to those people who aren't getting paid a lot, that are busting their ass, and
2: are always nice. All right, next one. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence said he changed a pivotal call during the game in the win over the Chargers. How often, let me put it this way, how often do players go into business for themselves if you catch my drift? I would say some guys have, um, like, hey,
3: listen, green light. You see it, do it. I like trust you. Like Brady,
2: oh, yeah. Rodgers, guys yes. like that.
3: And I would say a lot of guys – Trevor Lawrence? They they lock him in. It's You can't change it. It is There's no adjustment. Um, I don't trust your ability to adjust to the right play, so I'm going to lock you into a play that doesn't give you the ability to freelance. So when you're able, that's next-level type stuff. And under those set of circumstances, in that game, with everything riding on your season, you see it, and your coach says, go ahead and run it. Go ahead and do it. And especially with Trevor Lawrence and how badly he played in the first half in that last game against the Chargers. So to me, I hope to hell the quarterback has the ability to fix the play that the coordinator called because that's really what he's doing. You call a play, it doesn't work, they're slick to you, they realize what you're trying to do, you have to adjust in real time with the clock dropping, with everything going on, not being able to hear. I hope you let him do that. Does the
2: play have to work to avoid getting bitched out on the sideline, or are you going to get bitched at regardless? Well, like, we, Does the we coach have those, to put on a show?
3: We call those attaboy plays. Okay. If you adjust a play on the fly and you weren't supposed to and it works, it's an attaboy. If you change the play and it doesn't work after them telling you not to do it, then you're getting yelled at. That is 100% the way it works. It happens all the time. And some coaches will tell you, hey, listen, if I tell you to do something and you do something else, I'm not going to yell at you. You made the play work. But if you do something else and you destroy it and we end up uh, having to suffer because of it, you're getting yelled at. It's like it's all everybody's just covering their ass like it's an attaboy play.
2: Hey, <laughs> oh, attaboy. I hey, it. attaboy. Hey, way to go hey, 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 there. Hey, little pep there. Hey, little Hey, you did it on your own. I didn't tell you, to but good job. Both our jobs are safe now. Oh, it's the old uh, Lou Brown. Great catch. Don't ever effing do it again. Exactly. Excellent job. Don't ever do it again. Uh, Quickly, were you guys swapping jerseys back then as much as they do now, Christian? No. You know I hate the swapping jersey
3: thing. I hate it. I that
2: in there. I hate it. By the way, we are going to open up the 5-Minute Football Nerd to some questions. Because normally I'm the one who's just picking your brain. But at some point we're going to have to get some stuff from the people to maybe do an extended version of it. Because I'm telling you right now, there are lots of people listening right now who would love to ask you stupid questions. What they think are stupid questions. Okay, so... uh, But people... There are a lot of people who are like... Wow, the tipping etiquette for the equipment yeah. guy—I never would have thought that uh, Terps even in there shaking his head right now. I had no clue about that. You had no idea that the equipment guy would be getting you know juiced by all the guys at the end of the year. So yeah, to speak. And, and I am anti-tipping with most most things in life too. Well, I've learned that pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Into the final hour of Gresham Fourier tomorrow night at the Garden, the Golden State Warriors are coming in, which means. Draymond Green and he's talking ahead of the game we'll tell you what he's saying next we
0: really need new phones T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month new iPhone 15s over here. only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch